Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup podcast. I'm Joe. Thank you very much for listening today. Today we have Iman Ismail, who is speaking all about the changes that have recently come in to email marketing, uh, specifically focusing on Gmail and Yahoo. Now, Iman doesn't speak about things from a technical perspective and in terms of how you need to be changing your DMARC records and the like. Uh, What she does is speak through how on a far more long-term basis, you can be changing your strategy and your copy uh, to make sure that your email marketing remains in good health and that you're getting the most out of your email marketing uh, as a general channel, as a marketing tactic. Amanda is wicked. I absolutely think she's just an absolute legend. I enjoy her company. I enjoy her energy. I got texts after today's session saying it was one of the best of all time. So I really hope you enjoy it. Before we get going, I want to say a big thank you to a very relevant uh, uh, sponsor for for this episode, and that's Clavio. Clavio are an email service provider, but they also help you automate uh, your marketing communications across a range of platforms, including SMS. They're a fab partner of the Marketing Meetup who we've been working with for a long time now. So a big, big thank you to Clavio. Uh, if you're an e-commerce brand, uh, it's well worth checking them out. Um, they've got some absolutely insane customers, insane case studies, uh, and just like do a really, really fabulous job for a very specific group of people. So do take the time to check out Clavio. With all that said, now's the time to pass over to Iman. I uh, really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's a presentation and Q&A. Uh, and so we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for having me again. So this is my second Mark to Meetup talk. And honestly, the first one that I did was one of my favorites. Everyone that has approached me after that talk from the Mark to Meetup has been so lovely. So I'm always happy to come back to this amazing community. I am just going to share my screen. Um, and I can absolutely uh, just echo those statements and say that everyone is properly lovely in this community. So thank you. <laughs> so they are. They really are. <laughs> okay so you should be able to see my screen is that all right joe gotcha yeah? Yeah. okay cool so like joe said this conversation is gonna be about the recent changes in email marketing but not from a technical perspective because i am not an email deliverability expert i'm an email strategist and copywriter so i want to translate what these changes mean for us when we're doing our email marketing on a day-to-day basis. What what does it actually mean and how should we be responding to these changes so that we can successfully do email in 2024? So the first thing I want you to do is tell me in the chat, how confident are you feeling about your email marketing strategy currently? Give me like a, a scale from one to five. So one is not good at all. Three is all right. Five is absolutely amazing. twos and threes uh we've got a one bestie yeah <laughs> a zero we've got a zero i'm here to help don't worry <laughs> okay we're winging it okay three three four four one three we don't have a strategy okay well hopefully i can help you get started on one <laughs> one bestie okay great it's a re- it's really helpful to kind of see where you're at right now so let me introduce myself. I'm Iman Ismail. I'm an email strategist and copywriter. I work with 
um, businesses to basically help them make more money through email. And it's not just about money as well. It's really about strengthening your relationship between your between your business and your subscribers because your subscribers are really such a, just a valuable valuable um, asset in any business. So I work with um, big companies. Um, I've actually worked with a few charities, but I work with a lot of service providers, coaches, course creators, digital product makers, membership makers, um, and gosh, everything in between. So my specialism is, is email, uh, but I kept it open, re kind of who I work with, because I like to keep things interesting. I'm always, I'm working with people from all different kinds of industries and businesses in all different kinds of industries, which keeps my job really interesting. I'm also the host of uh, Mistakes That Made Me, the podcast that asks extraordinary business owners to share their biggest business mistake. So you know what not to do on your road to success. As Joe said, it's newly part of the HubSpot podcast network. So if you like a good business podcast, do go and listen um, to that. I'm also a pizza lover and a member of two. I have um, two boys who keep me very busy and uh, who really have kind of inspired me to make sure that I have a great email strategy for my business so that I can be making sales when I'm not in my business, which is, which is very helpful for a busy parent. These are some of the, the businesses and business owners that I've worked with, many more as well. And results I've got for myself and my clients. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I you know, a lot of you don't know me. And so you might rightly be wondering, like, who is she to be telling us anything about email? So these are the kinds of results I've been able to help my clients get. Um, one client, I helped her generate 2.5 million in revenue with a 20, currently 22 month old evergreen funnel. Another client helped them um, with the email strategy and copy that I, I created for them. Um, hit a $170,000 course launch for my own business as well I launched and at the time I only this specific for this specific example at the time I only launched 422 people a small segment of my email list and was still able to have a $35,000 launch and I'm talking in dollars by the way because a lot of my clients are <laughs> are American so um, I naturally just kind of talk in dollars now and in terms of my own open rates for my emails to to the people on, who are signed up to my newsletter um my average open rate is about 50%. We know like the the general average for most businesses is around 20% and that's a good open rate. Um and so I love my email list. I love the people on my email list and I've been able to create a great relationship with them and and have that high engagement. I do just want to say, because I mentioned ConvertKit at one point in this um, in this presentation, that I'm an official partner for ConvertKit, um, which means I am part of their influencer program. And so I now have to, this is new to me, so <laughs> I'm still getting used to this, but I now have to mention that anytime I mention them. So I'm just preparing you for later on when I do mention them. So we know that email deliverability has changed. But the first thing I just want to kind of confirm and get us all on the same page about is what even is email deliverability? It is simply the ability to deliver emails to subscribers inboxes. So it's literally just making sure that your emails, the emails you send are actually reaching your subscribers inboxes. And obviously if they're not reaching inboxes, that's a problem because your message is not getting to them. Google and Yahoo changed or created some new rules around deliverability for mass senders. So anyone kind of bulk sending emails, which means that that applies to most businesses. These changes and updates were made to actually benefit the email user. So 
the aim is to create a safer, more enjoyable experience for the average Gmail or Yahoo email user. I think for a lot of us business owners, this update felt like a punishment. <laughs> it felt like, oh, they're just making things harder for us again. Like, do we really have to do this GDPR all over again? But actually, just like GDPR, this is for the benefit of users of email users and it's actually a good thing and it, what it means is that email marketers have to really step it up across the board and we're really not going to be able to get away with some of the dodgy stuff that the marketing kind of industry has been doing and has been doing for a while now um and it means that we just we just have to care a bit more which i think is a great thing for email all around so there are three parts to this update. And I did mention that I'm not going to go into the technical details, but I will very briefly just go over what the what the general changes were. So the first part is that you needed, need, if you haven't already, you needed to have authenticated your emails, which basically just confirms that the sender is who they say they are. It's almost like an ID check um, so that, you know, the emails are coming from a safe place. Uh, the second part of this is then it's you now need to allow for easy unsubscription so it needs to be easy for people to unsubscribe now actually the rule that was put into place for this specific update um is one that email service providers had to kind of deal with so that's not really something we have to worry about too much although there are some things that we need to consider which I'll go into um in this presentation and then the third part of this was that we now need to stay under a reported spam threshold so if you are being reported as spam too much it will affect your deliverability and that means your emails won't deliver to the people you're sending them to which again is a problem for us businesses so what this presentation is actually going to talk about is what do these changes actually mean for your email strategy in 2024 how do you need to how do these changes translate or how do they need to be translated into your email strategy um, on a day-to-day on a day-to-day -day basis in your business. Well, the new goal for all of us is to make sure that the people who want to receive our marketing emails are still able to receive our marketing emails. Um, because again, if they don't receive them, then we have lost our, you know, our, our link to them. We cannot communicate with them, even if they consented to us sending them emails. So here are five strategies you need to implement so your emails continue to reach your subscribers in 2024. The first thing you need to do is clean your email list. Google is deleting inactive accounts and it's accounts, it's Gmail accounts that are two years or older. And the reason for that is to protect those unused accounts from being compromised because unused accounts will have information in there that are you know that is sensitive and that is not being taken care of it's so not being looked after and so to protect email users google is actually deleting any account that is older than two years old um, and all people need to do to keep those inactive accounts active is literally log in um, but that affects us as business owners who are who are using marketing uh, who, who are using email marketing and that affects us because Inactive accounts mean high bounce rate. So if you have lots of inactive accounts um, as an in inactive email addresses on your email list, those 
your emails will go to that email address, but it will just bounce. And so that then creates a high bounce rate and a high bounce rate creates a bad reputation for you with your mailbox provider. That means that future emails that you send, not just to those inactive email addresses, but to many of the email addresses on your email list could actually just start going to spam, which again is a problem. So you want to minimize bounces and the way to minimize bounces and to overcome this issue is to remove inactive email addresses or unengaged subscribers. So I wanted to give you an example of what I did. Now you can really take this as far as you want because you could do an entire re-engagement sequence. That's multiple emails trying to re-engage those cold subscribers and get them to engage again. And by engage again, I mean, just, just trying to get them to open an email or click in an email. So what I did was I went into my ConvertKit and ConvertKit very helpfully um, tells me, it actually gives engagement scores to every subscriber and it's between one and five. So one and two is like, these people are really cold. Three, they're kind of somewhere in the middle. Four and five is four is engaged and five is super engaged. And so I could have actually just sent this um, engagement, re-engagement email to people who scored a one and a two, which was, you know, quite a bad engagement score, a very bad engagement score. But I actually included three as well because I have really high standards for my email list. So I really want to make sure those people in the middle as well, I'm either going to get rid of them or you're going to re-engage. So I kind of rounded up the cold subscribers or even my old subscribers and it added up to about 400 subscribers and I sent those 400 400 subscribers this email subject line want to keep getting my emails action required hey Iman it looks like you haven't opened my emails in a while I want to make sure you're only getting my emails if you actually want to receive them so here's what I need you to do click here if you want to stay on my email list and keep getting my emails. If you don't click that link, I'll assume you don't want to stay and I'll remove your email address from my list in seven days. If you if you know you don't want to stay, do nothing or unsubscribe here. I'd love for you to stick around, but I totally understand if you choose to leave. Wishing you everything good in life and business, Iman. P.S. If you want to switch up the email address I have for you, you can also update your profile. So basically, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do this so that they have to do something in order to okay basically, basically there's lots of different ways you could do this but I wanted to do it so that if they they need to opt in again basically I wanted to recreate the opt-in experience you've got to opt-in to keep getting these emails if you don't do anything if you don't opt-in or you just do nothing then I'm going to delete you in seven days like everyone's going to be deleted <laughs> in seven days and so I gave that email like seven days and then after that seven days I went in and everyone who did not um, open or click, I deleted them from my email list. And that was about 400 subscribers, probably just over 400 subscribers that I deleted. Was it painful? Yes. But the results, which I'll talk about in a second, <laughs> were great. Um, so it went out to 417 cold subscribers with an engagement score of one to three. And what that means is these, they hadn't engaged with my content in the last six to nine months. And that's a long time. So like, why would I want these people on my email list when they don't want to get my emails? They're not opening and they're not clicking. And that's a really long time to give someone to engage with the emails, six to nine months. So again, I could have done a whole re-engagement sequence, but I didn't think it was worth my time because I knew that this audience was, was pretty cold. And you'll see, I mean, the engagement rate 
for this email was really bad. Um, it got an open rate of 7.4%, which is abysmal, um, and a 2.9% click rate, which isn't too bad. Um, but again, it, the majority of people did not engage. And this is why I didn't do a whole re-engagement sequence and waste a whole bunch of time doing that because this audience was very cold. But the result was fantastic because now that I've removed those 400 cold subscribers from my list, I have better engagement. The new engagement stats are that 90% of my subscribers have engaged with my email content in the past 30 days. 30 days. That's pretty good if I do say so myself. 8% of my subscribers have engaged with my email content in the past 90 days. And only 2% of my subscribers are in that kind of coldish to mild range where they've engaged with my email content in the past six to nine months. And what the, the reason better engagement and higher engagement, these opens, these clicks, these replies, the reason that's good for us as email marketers and the reason we need it as business owners is because it sends positive signals to email providers that our emails are not spam, that our subscribers want to receive our emails and that our, that our emails should be delivered to inboxes. The lower the engagement, the more negative signals that are sent to email providers. So let's have a look at my my new engagement rates. These are some of the emails I sent out recently. 56.2% open rate on this email, 56.6% open rate on the one below, good click rates, 54.4% um, open rate, 6.2 click rate, 57% open rate. My engagement rates have skyrocketed because I'm no longer concerned about <laughs> having a bunch of cold subscribers who aren't engaged with my list anyway on my email list. So the second part of this is that you need to make it easy to unsubscribe. And again, I know this is, it can feel difficult because we work really hard to get every single email address on our email list. But you really, for all the reasons I just kind of explained, you really don't want cold subscribers on your email list. They actually cause more harm. It's not that, you know, they're just kind of lying around on your email list doing nothing. They're actually actively causing your email deliverability harm. So you wanna get rid of them. Again, this is about uh, minimizing spam complaints. If you make it difficult to unsubscribe, people will mark you as spam. And remember, we're trying to keep those, the, that spam rate percentage, that spam rate really low, as low as possible. Um, this, the senior director of product management at Yahoo uh, said about this topic, a key mission of Yahoo is to deliver messages that consumers want to receive and filter out the messages they don't and filter out the messages they don't. And so it's really important that we also have that same mission. I mean, that should be our mission anyway, as, as business owners, we want to make sure that only the people who want to receive our emails, who are engaging with them are actually receiving them. Um, but that, you know, there are consequences if, people who don't want to receive our emails are receiving, are receiving them. So make it as easy as possible for people to get the hell out of your email list because high spam complaints will wreck your email reputation. You don't want to use some of the dodgy tactics that I have seen in a lot of the emails that I'm subscribed to that make it hard for people to unsubscribe. So it's that's making the font almost invisible, like in, almost invisible when it comes to the unsubscribe link. Um, changing the font color so that it blends in with the, you know, the whiteness of the email. And you actually, so you actually can't see the unsubscribe link. So technically it's there. 
So you, you technically haven't broken any rules, but actually you've made it impossible, literally impossible to see. So you're breaking the spirit of the rule, right? Um, some people just just don't include an unsubscribe link at all. They're just like, you're just going to stay here and you're just going to stay here forever. Um, and doing anything other than immediately unsubscribing someone when they ask to be unsubscribed. I will never understand why some businesses will respond and say, your email address will be removed within two days or within seven days. Like, no, it should be immediate. And it should be automatic as well. Like you shouldn't have to do anything when someone wants to subscribe. It should be completely automatic. The person clicks on a link and then it's done. So one of the things that um, email service providers have, have now had to make possible in order to um, adhere to this new rule in, uh, in this, on this update is to provide a one-click unsubscribe. And so I want to show you an example of some of the stuff I've been seeing in my inbox. This is what it looks like to... Uh, for email users now, it's uh, literally just an unsubscribe link at the top of every email um, of a lot of emails in your inbox. And so all you have to do is one click unsubscribe. You don't need to scroll to the bottom of the email anymore to unsubscribe. It's just at the top. And that this isn't something you need to do. This is something that email service providers have had to figure out on their side so that the emails that we're sending now offer that. So it's much easier for people to unsubscribe from your email list. Another way to make it easy for um, people to basically only get the emails that they that they want to get and the way to minimize people reporting you as spam is to again just send relevant wanted emails and one way to do that is to give your subscribers opt-out options or like preference options. So you could give subscribers the option to opt out of particular campaigns or opt out of receiving particular information that isn't important to them or doesn't pertain to them or you could allow subscribers to pick their own frequency preferences. So here are two examples. The first one, this one is from a marketer called Tarzan K. At the bottom of every email, she just has this little section that says inbox overloaded. I feel you, first name. Set your frequency by clicking any link below. Then you can choose to receive her emails as she writes them because she does send more than one weekly email. Um, and that might be too much. That might be too much for some people. It's not for me because I love her emails. Or you could choose to receive her emails just once a week or to just get a one monthly digest. And I, well, I don't do that because personally, I just, I feel like if you don't want my emails, like if you don't want all my emails, like I'm cool for you to unsubscribe. <laughs> but this is certainly... This is certainly an option. Minimizes spam complaints and also minimizes unsubscribes. Like maybe people don't actually want to unsubscribe, but they just don't want to receive as many emails. Another option, like I said, is to give subscribers the option to opt out of certain campaigns or receiving certain information. So I recently had a launch for my now $11 uh, private membership. And when I was launching it, I was sending a daily email for five days. It was almost, almost daily for five days. And so at the top of every launch email, I had this little section that said, want to stop hearing about my now $11 private membership? No problem. You can just mute these launch emails. And so then people would click mute these launch emails and then it would opt them out of receiving any more launch emails. So they wouldn't hear about this launch anymore. So I, you know, I'm no longer annoying them with this thing that they don't want to hear about, but they're still on my email list. They didn't have to unsubscribe. They'll still continue to receive emails uh, once this launch ends and so that just it's I think this is really about just giving a bit more autonomy 
to your email subscribers um, and allowing them to decide what is relevant for them. I Another really important aspect is to stop assuming consent. So a lot of the time when someone buys your a product or service, when someone signs up for an event, when someone signs up for a lead magnet or opt-in, they're automatically added to your email list or to your newsletter. And then you, you automatically start sending the marketing emails when they didn't actually consent to receiving your marketing emails, they consented for you to send them the product or service that they purchased, or they consented for you to send them the information for the event that they signed up for, or they consented to you sending them the lead magnet or opt-in that they signed up for, not for you to email them every week with your regular newsletter or whatever else. You need your subscribers express consent to send them regular marketing emails. So here's a great example. <laughs> um, the marketing meetups sign up form for this event and all events asks you to register now your name and, and all your other details. And then it actually says at the bottom, um, get sent the recording. After each webinar, we write a roundup email with bite-sized takeaways, the video and podcast recording of the event and invites to future events. This will subscribe you to the newsletter. Sign me up, Skipper. Or they, people just ignore it and then they don't sign up. That is the marketing uh, meetup getting, getting consent to email people, um, to send people marketing emails, to add them to their newsletter. It is not assumed that just because somebody has signed up to an event that they then can just send them whatever they want. Um, so when someone signs up to signs up to get my lead magnet, um, which is a free email class called the email rules, which I'll link to at the end of this presentation. Um, you sign up to my, like you insert, you enter your name and your email address. And then this comes up courtesy again of ConvertKit, which is super, super cool and super helpful because it means I don't have to worry about GDPR. People have to um, consent to receiving promotional marketing emails um, or, um, well, they can choose to or they can choose not to basically here. And so that means that I don't have to worry about this. People have given me their consent to send them that my marketing emails. So even when they sign up for lead magnet, so I can do that. Again, if you don't get this consent and then you start sending people your marketing emails, they'll likely report you as spam and you'll start getting a lot of unsubscribes, which but and both of those things will impact your deliverability and could send your future emails to people's spam. Third part of this is you want to maximize engagement. So maximizing engagement means improving your open rates, click rates, response rates, i.e. direct replies, people actually replying to your marketing emails, and also forwarding rates. So how can we maximize engagement? You can improve your open rates by sending better emails. <laughs> Quite frankly, it's as simple as that. Click rates, you can improve by including better calls to action. Um, and more relevant calls to action, more strategic calls to action. Response rates and direct replies, you can improve by literally asking for replies, like ask for your subscribers to reply to your marketing emails when you want them to reply. And you can improve your for forwarding rates by, again, telling your subscriber, by asking them to forward your email. So this is an example of 
the replies that I get when I send a newsletter and I don't have a huge list. Um, but I generally, I can expect a lot of replies when I send, when I send an email to my marketing list, to my email list. I have so much so that I have an entire folder dedicated to responses and I can't, I can't, I struggle to, I struggle to reply, honestly. And um, that's one of the things I told myself, I was, I, as in, I struggle to respond to replies. I told myself in 2024, I'm going to do better at replying to people who reply to my newsletters, because this is a really great way to encourage that connection, build that trust, build that relationship with these subscribers, right? And before I just move on to the next one, I do want to say, again, the reason maximizing your engagement is important is because it sends those positive signals to your mail mailbox provider. It tells them every time someone opens your email, every time someone clicks on, any, clicks on something in your email, anytime someone replies to your email, anytime someone forwards your email, all of these are positive signals that people want to receive your emails, that your emails are not spam and that your email should be um, continued to should continue to be delivered to people's inboxes. So that's why maximizing your engagement is a, a very important and effective way to uh, make sure that your, your emails are still reaching people in 2024. And the fourth part of this is you're going to need to nurture your subscribers better than ever before. And by nurturing your subscribers, I mean that you're going to need... Um, to send more nurturing emails that really strengthen the relationship between your business or brand and your subscribers. Nurturing emails is all about connection. It's all about strengthening trust, that relationship, building trust, setting expectations. Um, nurturing is not about sales and getting, getting sales. It really is about um, everything that doesn't involve the sale. It's about everything that comes before you can ever get a sale. So when it, uh, one example, one way to nurture your audience really well is to have a welcome sequence. So the welcome sequence, and I'll tell you what that is in a second, but the welcome sequence is actually the most foundational part of any email strategy. And most businesses don't have one. Um, I saw a stat recently that said, businesses that have a welcome sequence generate up to 320% more revenue than businesses that do not have a welcome sequence. And the welcome sequence is not a moneymaker sequence. It is a nurturing sequence where usually the purpose isn't to make money. Usually the purpose is about, again, uh, improving connection, improving the relationship between business and subscriber and building trust. And the reason, but the reason it impacts revenue is because you cannot have revenue until you have those things first. And that's what the job of the welcome sequence is. Now, a welcome sequence is a series of emails that you, that you send to new subscribers immediately after they sign up to your email list. It's usually a series of three plus emails. I recommend more because we all have more that kind of strategically needs to go into a welcome sequence. Um, a lot of the welcome sequences I write are anything between five to seven emails. A welcome sequence is automated. It goes over, it goes out over a period of time. And again, it goes out to every new subscriber. So I join an email list today and I get email one today. Um, and then I get email two tomorrow. Somebody else joins your email list tomorrow, they get email one tomorrow and then email two the next day after that, right? 
A welcome sequence is your chance to welcome your subscriber, to nurture them, to introduce them to your business and to really build that connection, usually before you ask for any kind of sale or anything like that. If you take anything from this presentation, it's that you need a welcome sequence and that you should work on putting one into place if you don't already have one. I do also want to say some people have a welcome, some businesses have a welcome email, which is which is okay. But a welcome email, sending one welcome email when someone joins your email list is not the same as sending a welcome sequence. It's much less effective. It's better than nothing. That's really all it is. It's like better than nothing, but it's not uh, strategically impactful. So let's talk about what could go in a simple, super simple four-part welcome sequence. Well, the first email is usually delivering the goods. So that is sending whatever you promised you were going to send them in exchange for the subscriber giving you their email address. So for me, it's um, my access to the email rules, my 35-minute email class. So in email one, I would share the email rules. I'd also take this opportunity to set expectations uh, because that really takes the the friction and almost like anxiety of when you, when you sign up to an email list of not knowing what's going to happen next. Like, are you going to bombard me with emails? Like, what can I expect? So set expectations in that email, let them know that you'll, because they're in the welcome sequence, you'll, they'll receive um, an email every day for the next five days. But then after that, they'll just get your weekly email or whatever else your particular frequency or cadence is. Um, email two, this might be where you want them to you want them to tell you more about who they are. So this is what I call a self-segment email. <gasps> Give me a second. I'm so sorry. I have someone looking after my two-year-old. They went out for a walk so I could do this, but they're at the door. So I just need to let them in. Give me a sec. <laughs> I love this. This is like reality. And, and we were speaking about this before we, we went live on today's session. And uh, like, I just know <laughs> that the community will be absolutely fine with this because, like, Blumenek, it happens to us all. We had it a few weeks ago with um, Billy Jones from, from Hootsuite, and uh, his younger Billy uh, came and joined, uh, and he handled it beautifully, and so has a man just there. So, <laughs> um, a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. I feel like, yeah, all the parents in the room, you get it. You get it. Um, daycare's closed today unexpectedly. So I was like, hmm, didn't see that coming. Um, so email two is where you want them to tell you more about who they are. Um, and you want to figure out uh, who they are so that you can send them relevant emails, like the right emails, relevant emails, ones that they're actually going to open, that they're interested in, and that actually relate to them, that apply to them. In email three, you want to introduce yourself your, or your business, your brand, maybe your founder um, or your, your mission, your values, your philosophy, something that gives people, uh, gives your subscribers more insight into um, who you are or who your business or your brand is. And that's why you maybe want to share what you do as well. So for me, this email is like how to work with me, how to hire me. And then email four could be like pure value. So for the marketing meetup, email four might be, here are the links to our most popular talks ever. You're not asking for anything. You don't want anything. You're just providing pure value. 
for me, email four is me linking to um, one of my most popular pieces of content, which is an email teardown that I did analyzing um, Kylie Cosmetics email strategy. Um, that went down really well. And it went down so well that I decided to put it in my welcome sequence so that every single subscriber would have access to it and would see it. So again, that email is just pure value. And it, again, it's all about building that connection, building that trust. And that is really about painting you as, or your business as the expert in your field. Okay, so the fifth part of this, um, and the fifth thing that you'll need to implement in your strategy in 2024, and this is the final one, is you're gonna need to send targeted and relevant emails more than ever before you can't continue to just send general email blasts anymore you're gonna need to focus on like I said maximizing engagement maximizing conversions minimizing spam complaints minimizing unsubscribes how do we do all of that it's by not sending general email blasts because Generally, when you're sending general email, email blasts, not everything you're sending applies to everyone. And so you're just kind of hoping that the people that it, that it applies to, that it relates to, will open the email, enjoy the email, and kind of like, like forget about the rest. If it doesn't apply to you, then so what, right? But now, more than ever, we need to send relevant emails. So we need to send the right emails to the right people at the right time. And you can do this by using tagging in your email strategy and your email service provider should allow you to do that. You should use segmentation. You should use trigger-based automations and then also um, behavior-based campaigns as well. An example of how to use tagging or segmentation is you might, for example, send an email that is about a small business workshop only to the small business owners on your email list. Now, let's pretend you have small business owners on your email list and then you have like huge enterprises. Well, a workshop for a small business owner doesn't need to go to people at big, huge enterprise. Um, and so you would use tagging and segmentation to ensure that that email only goes to the people that it's relevant for. Another example is if you are promoting an event, for example, that is happening in the UK, you will send that to your subscribers who are in the UK versus sending it to all your subscribers who are all over the world. Why? Because it's actually really like frustrating <laughs> for subscribers who, um, who, you know, might get really excited that you're having an event and then read, open your email, read it and think, oh, it's just, it's just for people in the UK. And then another example is um, you want to make sure, for example, that you're sending discount emails only to the people who have not already bought that product or service. Like the worst thing a business can do is to send you a discount code or a coupon code or have a sale on a product that you've just bought or a service that you've just bought. It's really frustrating. It's really demoralizing. And it's not even usually that the sale or the discount is happening because we expect that of businesses like it happens. It's that you you haven't even taken the care to just be mindful about not sending me that information. Like you're, you're actively trying to aggravate me. <laughs> so this is why 
this is a really great example of how a tagging and segmentation can help you send the right emails to the right people at the right time. I want to show you how I use segmentation and tagging uh, as part of my email strategy. So when people sign up for the email rules, my 35 minute uh, video crash course on email marketing, they put in their email address, uh, they put in their name first, then they put in their email address. Then it has a little drop down that says I am dot, dot, dot. And I actually get them to tell me who they are, like exactly what their role is, because I segment my email list based on like uh on roles I, I get like I guess profession so are you a copywriter um specifically are you a service provider or a coach are you a product business owner or do you just class yourself as an online business owner because some people just like I'm just a bit I'm just an online business owner and then based on the the option that they choose they receive a uh, personalized welcome sequence so the copywriters get one welcome sequence that tells them and I'll tell you how I kind of uh, how the content differs so the copywriters will receive an intro email about me and I'll tell them about me my story all that kind of thing and then at the bottom I will link them to podcasts that I've been on that they will know so like the copywriter club podcast for example which is a big um podcast in our industry they know that they'll know that's cool they they know that that then establishes my authority in in their eyes my credibility um, but for a non-copywriter, like they don't know what the copyright club is. They don't care. <laughs> um, not, they have no clue what it is. So for the people who are not copywriters, they get the welcome sequence. They get the version of the welcome sequence that shares podcast episodes that they they will recognize that are not copywriter specific. So it's small things like that where you're personalizing the experience based on what you know about your subscriber. And it's 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 really small. It can be like it can be huge stuff but it can also be the small details that make a real difference an example of how to use behavior-based emails um so i once sent an email uh, to the um non-copywriters on my email list um, because those are the people who are interested in hiring me uh for my one-to-one -one services where i do people's email i do the email strategy and copy for businesses and so i'd actually just posted all my prices on my website whereas I didn't previously for lots of reasons um, but I decided right I'm going to post my prices on my website and I decided to make a big deal of it <laughs> and let my email list know hey I've just done this and then I linked to the page so they could see my price for an email campaign um, and then I set it up in ConvertKit my email service provider so that anyone who clicked on that link to go through to my website and check out my prices were tagged as leads. So now I know they're interested in my pricing. Why are you interested in my pricing is the question. So based on their behavior, I have now created this email strategy. So I gave it a day and the next day I sent another email to only the people who clicked on that link that took them through some of the prices on my website. And I sent them this email, hey, first name, I noticed you had a sneak peek at the new prices on my website last week, but you haven't got in touch to talk about working with me yet. Smiley face. Are you still thinking about it? Iman. And literally it was that short. It was two lines. That's it. Someone replied, hi, Iman. I love that you sent this email. I'm really interested in exploring working with you for custom copy work. But one question I had is, and then she told me what her hesitation was about hiring me. And so I got to tell her, oh, totally cool I can totally do that for you and then she booked me in for a 13 
6.5K project. And so this is how <laughs> making sure you're sending the right emails to the right people at the right time that you base your email strategy on relevancy, on behavior. Um, this is how it can um, it can really work for you and help you generate revenue in your business and company. And you can do this in so many different ways on so many different scales. Um, but here's just a small example of how I did it uh, for my small email list. I think my email list is 2,000, maybe just under 2,500 at this point. And here's an example. So that was an example of behavior-based emails. Here's an example of trigger-based automation, um, which again allows, allows you to send the right emails to the right people at the right time. So when I send emails to the copywriters on my email list, they get this kind of um, PS section in the footer of the email right at the bottom. And it link it tells them about my various courses and digital products masterclasses that are specifically for copywriters so the people who are not copywriters they get a different version they get the version that's like hire me here here's the my 2.5 million case study like this is how what I can help you do you can hire me here that doesn't apply to copywriters they get links to my courses my masterclasses that I've created for them so anytime someone clicks this link here 12 week self-study course like a boss they're immediately uh, removed from my like regular newsletter list and they're added into an evergreen funnel a funnel that then sells them and is a, a pure like sales sales funnel um, that sells them my 12-week course and this is I've set this up so it's automated um, it was a really big job setting it up when I first set it up but now it's passive um, and so now uh I am able to sell my online course like constantly all the time. Like I'll be watching Netflix and someone buys my $1,300 course. You know, it's the most amazing thing. It's the coolest thing. And it just takes a bit of thought and, um, and strategy. And then here's another example. Uh, Design your VIP days, a 90 minute masterclass. Um, the other day I woke up to three sales because people had, Click, I'd send an email, people had gone, like, gone, scroll down, clicked on this link, and then they'd been taken into an evergreen funnel that I created for this masterclass. And then three people bought. And, you know, it's, there's nothing like waking up to sales. So, to summarize, here are the five things you need to focus on um, in order to do email successfully in 2024. One, clean your list. Two, make it easy to unsubscribe. Three, maximize engagement. Four, nurture your subscribers. And five, send targeted, relevant emails. So before we get to Q&A, and we have about 10 minutes, I want to tell you three things. Now, this goes against all my copywriting, copywriter instincts. I'm only supposed to tell you one thing, but I think you can handle three. <laughs> so I'm going to let you know that if you would like me to work on your company's email marketing, you can hire me um, for either 60 minute email strategy consult, which is the kind of, again, a, a short consultation where I we I give you tailored recommendations um, for your specific email strategy, or you can hire me to do done for you email strategy and copy. Like I can do the whole thing. Like if you, if you don't have a welcome sequence and you realize I oh, actually probably need a welcome sequence now, you can hire me to come up with a strategy and to write it all for you. You can also grab my free 35 minute email class, the email rules. Um, 
it teaches you really actionable emails, email marketing tips that you can put into action today. Um, that's totally free. And I'm going to give you a link for that in a second. You'll also be signed up to my email list so you can see how I do email. And then the third thing is if you love a good podcast, listen and subscribe to my multi-award winning business podcast, Mistakes That Made Me. And I am going to stop sharing and I'm going to put the link to the PDF that has those three links um, in the chat right now. Hope you enjoyed this presentation. Thanks so much for sticking with me. You're an absolute legend. Thank you so much, man. Right. Um, I'm just typing a, a comment in the chat here, which is uh, the very last thing there where you you mentioned about your services and, and the three, you know, fighting your instincts to just do one. The fact that you, <laughs> yeah. you, you literally emailed me last night and, and just said, uh, do you mind if I do that? And and like um, I said, of course you could because you bloody well earned it and you bloody well earned it with that session. So thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. Oh, someone's been typing notes furiously. Kelsey, thank you so much. I hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> We're getting lots of uh, amazing comments. Um, Excellent. We've got we've got ten minutes left uh, by my okay. calculation and thirty eight open questions. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so, folks, um, if you see some questions um, that you would like answering, uh, make sure to give them a thumbs up in the Q and A feature so that we can uh, prioritize them in these ten minutes that we've we've got left. Um, so the first one comes from Laura. Um, okay. So Laura asked the question: uh, Do you have any tips for building a subscriber list from scratch, uh, specifically in B two B? and strategy for the tips for the first year emails. So I think we've probably covered a bit of the strategy tips with the sequencing. So maybe mm -hmm. uh, speaking to building your subscriber Building list. it, growing it, yeah. So the first thing is to know that it's not easy. Um, I think uh, there's everyone, people make it look easy and then, then you get into it and start doing it and you think, oh, actually this isn't, I'm finding this hard, is it just me? No, it's not just you. <laughs> it is hard to build an email list. I think the place to start is to firstly, firstly choose um, an email uh, service provider um as an official convertkit partner i say convertkit i do love convertkit and i'll also um i'll also add my affiliate link and it is an affiliate link in the chat in a minute um but i feel like as the sponsors the sponsors are clavio so also like maybe clavio um so choose an email service provider first and foremost um and then build no i would say first figure out what your audience needs from you like how can you how can you provide the most valuable resource for them um whether you need to like survey your um your ideal audience that might be one way to start to actually just find out like well what are you struggling with what do you want what are you like what are your goals um or you could even interview a select few to really help you figure out well what lead magnet or opt-in can I create that will actually be super valuable for them that they'll find like a resource that, that they'll find really helpful because it'll only be something valuable that they will, um, that will make them want to give you their email address in exchange for access to this resource, this lead magnet, this opt-in that you're creating. And so I think it's really important to get the, the opt-in or the lead magnet right. And then the second, the, the next thing, the third thing is actually to, to figure out, well, what is the best format? Because a lot of people like go to ebook, but your audience might not necessarily want an ebook. They might not read an ebook. Maybe they want a video series, um, or maybe you want to do an ebook and then also create a version that's a video series. Um, I have 
for quite a few of my products, a video series, and then the audio series where they can literally just plug it in like a podcast, subscribe to it as a podcast and listen to it on their favorite podcast player. Because some people don't want to sit at a computer and watch videos, but they do want to go on a walk and they'll consume it that way. Like how can you actually create this in a way that will that will ensure they consume your content? So not just sign up for it, but consume it. Because once they do, that's when they'll start to understand um, your value, your expertise, how you can help them. And then the final thing I'll say is after you've created it, the promo <laughs> is like a whole different, a whole different world. Like you, there's the creation and then there's promoting what you've created. And it's really about just constant promotion, constant marketing, constantly talking about it, constantly posting about it and never letting people forget that it exists, giving it pride of place on your website. When you when you do, I don't know, talks like this, for example, I'm always talking about the email rules, my free video series so that people will join my email list. Um, you've just, you've got to incorporate into like every part of your marketing and don't forget. I, I feel like the promotion is, the promotion part is almost harder than the creation part because once you've created it it's done but once you've created it it's like okay now how do I get people to actually sign up for it so I hope that helps and I hope that gives you some um some starting steps hang on I I, I love that thank you so much I mean I love how your brain works as well because you've got, clearly got such like a logical flow of like boom 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 point 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 <laughs> it's like, it's, I'm it's a to-do <laughs> list kind of girl this is why I just I just joined a sauna and my entire life is like a series of to-do lists there's always step one step 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 <laughs> I love that I absolutely love that if if I could um add a few uh very very specific very yes. good um i love your point there about making it central to everything we always think about the newsletter as the engine of tmm and like just to just to add to your point there the second is the sign up form like so many people put like get the latest news and updates straight to your inbox and it's like it's the most you know sort of cliche thing to say and so a very specific like here's what you're going to get to your point about the ebook and, and stuff like that um here's what you're going to get and here's what you're going to get going forward. So Harry Dry at Marketing Examples does a great job where he says you'll get one newsletter a week or one tip a week or something like that. And it's very, very clear what people are going to get. And then the last thing that um, I've reflected on as well, because you spoke about why people want it, um, is after folks have signed up, we just have one question uh, which people can go to uh, after they've signed up, which says, how can we help you with this newsletter? And so we've got like 2,000 responses now where people have like said, this is what you can do to help me. And so that's what we're now gearing the newsletter to as well. So like it sort of becomes that. Yes. So. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So Nathan Barry, um, I'm going to sound like a ConvertKit, not now, but he he's the founder of ConvertKit. Okay. Um, he actually talks about flywheels. So mm -hmm. it's this idea of creating a system in your business that is um you like you set it up one time and it's a flywheel and it helps you like it just turns and turns and turns and basically helps you in some other way so in that case you one time invited people to reply and tell you how how they want you to help them yeah. they do this is like set forever and so people are filling this in and sending you actual content ideas and now when you're stuck for content ideas you just go to the list and okay. you see what, okay, well, what they want. Oh, this is what they want. This is what I'll do next. It's amazing. It's so on. clever. <laughs> well, that's from Joanna Weeb, it's a, who's an amazing copywriter. Let's get to the next question because it's yes. uh, 10.29 and, <laughs> and I want to make sure that we get uh, a couple in. Uh, so we've got a question from Rebecca who says, how do I know if I'm under the spam threshold? 
um, because that was one of your points uh, right at the beginning about sort of spam report. Yes, yes. Um, let me just see if I can find what the actual percentage is. Um, so you've got to avoid reaching a spam rate of 0.3% or higher. And basically your email service provider will tell you. So it generally gives you um, your unsubscribe rate. And so you just have to find it within your within your email service provider. They'll calculate it for you and tell you. Cool, that makes perfect yeah. sense. And then in HubSpot, we've got like a analyze tab, uh, which kind of gives you that, that statistic. So yes, there'll be, there'll be different versions of it. Uh, yes. then, do you have time to take two minutes more questions. yes that's fine i do just want to say someone asked is there a discount for convertkit there's no discount but there is like a 30-day trial so i'll put my affiliate link in the chat um and you'll get a 30-day trial and then not based on anything that you do it's, it's not coming from you but if you sign up through me i'll get a little bit of a thank you from convertkit love it uh so the next question we've got from simon webb who says uh our CEO uh, insists on sending small newsletters out through our CRM, typically to 30 to 50 people. These are very low open rates and engagement rates, and I'm worried that they're damaging our long-term potential. Based on what you've shown us, I'm now more confident. Uh, do you agree that these small distributions at poor performance is a risk? So just the, can you say the beginning of that again? Just the beginning, uh, I just want to make sure I understand. Yeah, they're uh, sending small newsletters out through the CRM, typically at 30 to 50 people, uh, which have typically low open and engagement rates. Okay, I that's that's strange to me because um, in my experience, the smaller the segment, the higher the open rate. Like when people tell me, oh, I got 100% open rate, oh, I got 90% open rate, I'm always very skeptical. Like, okay, well, how many people did you send the email to? Like 10 people? Okay, great, 10 people opened. Um, so... <laughs> In my experience, the 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 smaller the segment, the higher the open rate should be. Uh, so the fact that you're sending emails to small segments, to me, that for me isn't a problem at all. The problem is actually the open rate. Like, why are they not opening? Is, are they not interested in the content? Are they not interested in what's inside? Is it simply just your subject line? Do you just need a better subject line? For me, the sending uh, an email to a small segment is 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 fine, is good, actually. Um, the the bad open rates are what is surprising here and that's what I'd look into. Nice. That's perfect. Love that. Thank you. Um, let's go to Sophie for the last one. What I'm going to do is also capture these Q the, the questions that have come in. I'll send them through to you so that you've got 36 LinkedIn posts. Oh. <laughs> yes. Love it. Flywheels. Thank you. Flywheels. <laughs> so, um, uh, next question comes from Sophie who says, do you have any tips for writing really strong call to actions that improve your engagement rates? I do, yes. So be specific, as Joe said, be specific. Instead of download the ebook, it's download, or no, get the six steps to catapult in your business. I don't know. Um, uh, find out how to double your conversions you know so be really specific in what the value is right of downloading the thing or, or, or of doing the action that you want them to do and then also the thing is instead of just making it about the action like download now or listen now um you want to do something that um joanna weeb um terms or i think she coined it i don't know um calls a, a value 
a call to value. So instead of a call to action, it's a call to value. So it's not just about doing the action, download the thing, listen to this thing. It's calling them to value. Um, get the six steps to catapult in your business. Um, double your conversions now, you know? So you're you're promoting the value in, in taking that step in making that action versus just the action of the actual thing. Um, and then the final thing I will say about, and by the way, I do cover this in the email rules, my uh, free um, email class. It's only 35 minutes long. Um, the final thing I'll say about calls to action is you want to make sure that you are really strategic about your calls to action. And usually that you're only asking people to do one thing at a time. Now I broke that rule, <laughs> which is why <laughs> I said that earlier on when I told you to do three things, the rule it's called uh, the rule of one is that you should only ever ask your audience to do one thing at a time so that you're not distracting them so that you're not making it difficult to for them to remember what you want them to do but instead you're directing them to do just the one thing one action and you'll be surprised how much that increases uh, conversion rates bang on I, I i love that you you reminded me as you were speaking there that um the word here if you type in here into uh, google uh, this was a few years ago but um you wrote typed here into google and uh i think one of the big software companies came up because every hyperlink that they put into their into their website was like click here uh and so <laughs> and so they, they they were literally ranking for the word here um which you know to your point about the call to value um is a really lovely way because you wouldn't be doing that if you were sort of hyperlinking and call to actioning in a way which uh, didn't say just click here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Joe, I know that was the last question, but Emma Louise just asked, a, uh, I think, a very good kind of follow up. Um, mm -hmm. Emma Louise says, we always say call us on XYZ or email us at blah, blah, blah. Is this wrong? No, it's not wrong. There's a place for call to values and there's a place for being super clear. So if you want people to call you on x number the call to action is very simply very plainly call call us on x number you also you want to make sure that you're not ever trying to be super clever and making it difficult for people to understand what you actually want them to do bang on so good um i need to cough now which is really bad timing <laughs> so, so, yeah. i muted a few times <laughs> yeah you, you smashed it it was so much more uh, clear <laughs> um you're an absolute legend thank you for taking the time today uh really thank you for having me um and thank you to everyone as well for, for uh, just a wonderful chat uh once again um this is such a lovely experience and and it's great to hear the information you presented today and uh to get your questions too as i say we'll make sure we capture those so make sure to be following that'd be amazing uh, thank you okay. uh, yeah to, to to keep in the loop uh with all that said we'll be back next week next tuesday uh for a session on technical uh, technical seo uh with uh the incredible larige um so we'll see you then in the meantime, have a lovely week, everyone. Thank you all so much for taking the time. Thank you once again. Yeah, Thank just... you. Bye. Take care, everyone. <laughs>